And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right, covering some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Um, phones are ringing, and uh, the text lines are open. If you want to text in, uh, you are welcome to it. Number here, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Jump over to the uh, uh, text lines here. Daryl from Huntsville says, uh, who does the sheriff ultimately answer to? Please discuss that hierarchy. Well, it's an unusual circumstance, and it also depends upon your state law, Daryl. So, um, so yeah, the uh, the sheriffs in Alabama are actually uh, listed as constitutional officers, um, and so they have a a different hierarchy. If one needs to be replaced, the governor actually does replace. We had one die recently here in the state, and uh, the governor appoints a successor for the interim of the term. Um, but in some states, it could be different. Every state law is going to be unique unto itself. And uh, so I can't answer that question about Illinois. But uh, for the governor to make that threat, I would imagine that he has some of the same powers over constitutional officers that the, uh, the governor of Alabama has. Uh, so there's that. Um, Paul from Athens just let me know. It is Carrie Lake. Thank you. Thank you. I had a, I had a brain cramp. You know, what do you do? Uh, but um, Brian from Huntsville. Does anyone realize that Arkansas is now fighting against what their past governor did over the years? Um, I'm not sure what he's talking about there. Brian was saying, I wonder if Arkansas is now fighting against what their past... I don't know what he's meaning. Is it, do we have a drag queen governor in the past? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Um, but uh, Jim from Madison, how can drag queen shows not be the equivalent of blackface or minstrel shows for women? You know, I, I, I agree. Um, they, are, they are not just weird... They're not just, um, uh, you know, quasi-pornographic, uh, but they're also demeaning of women. They are literally lampooning women. Think about it. When, when has it ever been okay for there to be this situation where you can just put on a show where you lampoon somebody? I mean, the whole thing, he's right. The, the great point, Jim from Madison, great point. You, you, blackface is no longer considered socially acceptable. And, and the idea that, that, that people would do that now is, is, is going to ruin a political career or something like that. Well, why is it that uh, a drag queen is somebody who can pretend to be a woman? And, and not only that, they don't, they don't just like put on clothes and try to look as womanly as possible. They become a complete caricature, an abnormal version of a woman with, with excessive, you know, body part exaggerations and in bold and crazy hair, and it's just, you look at it and go, you're basically mocking women. Why is that okay? I, I don't know the answer to that, but uh, I do know the answer to that. It's not okay. How about that? There, I said it. I got a uh, caller on the line. Is that Jeff? Jeff from Indiana. How you doing today, brother? Good, Phil. Good. Hey, it's okay to lampoon people. I lampoon Democrats all the time. <laughs> well, That's a lot of fun, man. <laughs> you don't dress up like one and take pictures and dance on stage, do you? Well, I don't, I don't have my hippie clothes. I don't have my greeny weenie stuff. And uh, uh, no, I need to go scream at the sky maybe a little bit or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your mind today, man? Here you, here you start bad mouthing Illinois, and guess where I'm at today? Are you in Illinois? I didn't come out of. I just come out of Saint East St. Louis. <laughs> wow. Are you are you running a different yeah. route today or what? 
I had to take a trailer back to headquarters, which is in East St. Louis today. So, yeah, I didn't go south. I went, I went west instead of south. Well, I am, I am proud you kept Right Side Radio on hand. Well, of course. What else would I listen to? <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, they've just uh, passed a law that says, you know, banning semi-automatic weapons, which is how many firearms are semi-automatic? Most of them. Uh, and, yeah. and I, I don't know the details, but when you just say blanket semi-automatic weapons, that's pistols, that's long guns, that's hunting rifles, that's sporting rifles, uh, there's semi-automatic shotguns for that matter. I mean, where does it stop? I don't know. And, uh, you got 13 well, sheriffs in Illinois, in Illinois saying we're not enforcing this. Yeah. There needs to be a whole lot more than 13. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think it need to go. I think they need to go after everybody and then have a class action lawsuit against them for, uh, denying them the second amendment, basically. Well, because, uh, that's what they're trying to do. That, that's basically what will wind up happening. I feel certain this thing, if it's not already been challenged, and I haven't seen it yet, but if it's not already been challenged, it's going to be. Um, and, it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to wind up being, in essence, uh, considered not a class action per se, but it's going to represent the, uh, the rights of all citizens in the state of Illinois. But uh, when I first got into Illinois a while ago, I stopped at the rest area, and the only thing on the stupid doors was, was a little sticker with a, a handgun with a cross to it and everything. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, if they can do that and put that on there and everything, I want to make some stickers up that's got somebody with their mouth covered up and everything. So, we, you know, put that on there so you don't have a First Amendment here as well, you know. I, I, saw, a, <laughs> uh, I saw a sticker on a door uh, at an official building one time, and it was designed to say firearms absolutely um, uh not allowed and somebody had scratched out the knot and it said firearms are absolutely allowed <laughs> um, well they should be i mean it's a public building i i don't know I, you know you know like i said the second amendment that's nothing to do with with guns it's, it's to do with uh, arms arms could be anything well yeah at, at what point is the uh <laughs> yeah at what point is the uh uh are they gonna start outlawing vehicles because of people driving drunk or outlawing i don't know baseball bats because of people you know getting into uh fights with them um it just yeah i mean when a laser weapon becomes the the weapon of choice when guns are basically uh obsolete are there is people going to be able to carry laser weapons too I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great point beam me up scotty um that's right. Uh, all right. Hey, Jeff, appreciate you, man. Be safe. Have a good one, Phil. You too, buddy. Um, I'm moving to the next part of the Triple Dipper. Um, so, listen, there's there's times when they there's, – there's an old saying. Uh, in fact, I think it was actually Andrew Breitbart from Breitbart News that coined the phrase. Uh, he said, politics is downstream from culture. What does that mean? Uh, what he's basically saying is culture happens, politics reacts. It's not the other way around. So culture happens. Politics reacts. Politics is downstream from culture. Sometimes politics reacts in opposition to culture. Sometimes politics reacts to try and support culture. Um, but politics is downstream from culture. I, I think that's a fair statement. Here's, here's my, my question. What happens, though, when there are clashes between politics and culture? What happens when the laws that have been passed create situations that put people between a rock and a hard place, kind of like those sheriffs. Those sheriffs say, listen, the law of the land is a Second Amendment. I don't care what you passed in the state capitol. I've been, I've been you know, in a position now where I can say I've been sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States. Well, okay. Now what? What happens when you have culture saying, we need change, we need more, name your fad. 
We need more transgender surgeries. We need more abortion. We need more green energy. We need more liberal blah, 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 blah. You just name it. What happens when culture demands that, but it conflicts with the laws or the laws have been enacted in such a way that it doesn't catch all the places where people are just stuck? Well, the law, the law, in my opinion, whereas politics is downstream from culture, I'm going to suggest to you that the law is designed to regulate the flow of what's going back and forth between politics and culture. Literally, the law is designed to, and I'm talking about the judicial aspect of law, the law is designed to regulate the flow. So, you know, you, you've seen so much happen in the last, I feel like, by the way, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like it has ramped up in the last few years. Like, like there's almost this rabid sort of scratch and claw and get as much as you can from the progressive left and it's 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 like wokeism, if you want to call it that, progressivism, uh, and it's on every every front. The cultural issues, the fiscal issues, they're spending more than they've ever spent. They're taxing more than they've ever taxed. The the you know the the transgender LGBTQ2IA plus whatever agenda has ramped up to new levels. The Green New Deal is ramped up. You've got ESG in banking and in finance uh, or in, uh, in insurance and in uh, portfolio management. You, you've got so much happening right now that it feels like it's almost like it's cascading at this point. Well, if politics is downstream of culture, what happens when people get stuck in the middle? Well, the law has to regulate. The law has to create the flow. I got some stories here where this is this has literally happened. So here's one before we get to the next break. Maryland Catholic Hospital, Maryland Catholic Hospital. Remember, you have a right to freedom of religion in this country. Maryland Catholic Hospital is liable for refusing a transgender hysterectomy. What? Yes. National Review has a story that came out yesterday. Says two principals, that's you know, two of the head people, at a Catholic health care, of Catholic health, hang on, back up. Two principals, actual tenets of Catholic health care ethics forbid removing healthy organs and sterilizing a patient absent a necessity caused by a pathology such as cancer. These principles are increasingly in conflict with the transgender movement that has the ACLU and others suing when Catholic hospitals refuse transgender surgeries on religious grounds. So you have a right to freedom of religion, the accommodation of your beliefs. Faith is one of the underpinnings of our society, the freedom of religion. And yet, when the wokeism gets involved, then what happens? It says, now a district judge has awarded a summary judgment against a Maryland Catholic hospital for refusing to remove the healthy uterus of a patient who identifies as male. So what you got here is a, a chick who identified as a guy. So a chick identifies as a dude. She goes to the hospital to have an elective surgery to have her uterus take out so she can be more dudish. Is that a word? Um, Boomer's rolling his head. I, I don't know. Boomer, did I make up a word? Dudish? Dudish. You like dudish? Yeah, I like dudish. Can we use dudish? Sure. I mean. I just did. Yeah, we did. So. <laughs> We're not going to. You don't have to hit the red button on that one. We'll leave okay. that one in place. All right. <laughs> we'll leave that one. Uh, all right. Yeah, good. Um, what did he say? Dodish? Yeah. Okay, there it is. But the contractual terms of the purchase of the hospital 
which was built and, and operated for years under Catholic doctrines, clearly state that the national Catholic bioethics still have to apply, even though, even though it turns out the hospital is now actually owned by the state of Maryland. Oh, see, now the, so the state passed laws, but they bought a hospital. But they bought a hospital with a contractual obligation to continue to follow Catholic bioethics. And the Catholic bioethics say gender transitioning of any kind is intrinsically disordered because it cannot conform to the true good of the human person. And gender transitioning should never be performed, encouraged, or positively affirmed as a good in a Catholic healthcare. This includes surgeries, the administration of cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers, and social or behavioral modifications. So the hospital was contractually bound, but it conflicts with Maryland law. So the courts got involved. The courts ruled in favor of the law and not the religious accommodation of the hospital. Never mind that the patient's organs were healthy. Never mind that it was the patient's subjective desires based upon gender dysphoria. Never mind that the Catholic uh, tenets upon which the hospital was contractually obligated to continue to operate. You've got literally culture, politics, and the law all clashing right here. And I guarantee you, this is one for their Supreme Court. Um, was this a federal case? I got to look back here. Uh, it just says a district judge. Does say a district, a federal district judge or a state district judge? But I'm assuming that's a federal district judge. Folks, I'm telling you, it gets deep. Look at the level of conflict we're seeing when, when, we, when you have wokeism happening and wokeism gets the legislature to do something. And then wokeism then violates what we already knew to be the law, which is the Constitution. And the hospital's sitting there going, what the heck? How do we even operate this environment? Well, more to come. But yeah, law and culture. Sometimes there's a clash. Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. I'm going to continue this theme. I got a couple more. Attorney General Steve Marshall speaking up about abortion pills. And then transgender sports. Where does it end, man? Where does it end? All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Yeah, saving the world one sound bite at a time. John from Huntsville, by the way, says, "Hey, Boomer, Dudish comes on right after the show. Wokish." <laughs> I don't. Is that okay? Oh, dudish. all right, Dudish. Dudish. Yeah, chicks trying to be Dudish. <laughs> um, Paul from Athens, did you know that Biden is an acronym? I never. I'm not going to read the acronym. <laughs> I will. He says Biden, B-I-D-E-N, biggest idiot Democrats ever nominated. Wow. That's Whoa. rough. That's rough, man. That's rough, Paul. That's rough. Uh, Dylan from Athens texted in, um, why are trans people seeking out Catholic hospitals for these procedures anyway? 
knowing it begins. That's a great point. He he brings up a point. I don't know what you know facilities were within a reasonable distance to this uh, individual who wanted to have their uterus taken out electively, um, but uh, I, I have to I have to echo the sentiment here from the question we just got from uh, Dylan from Athens. It's just like the uh, the, uh, the 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 gay marriage cake baker case. Was there no other cake maker anywhere? Did you have to have that cake maker? Is it necessary for you to have that photographer for your wedding? Have you ever considered maybe, I don't know, going down the road and getting another cake? Or for that matter, going to a place where they don't mind taking out your healthy uterus because you think you're a dude? Um, it's a great question. Hey, uh, the next one I've got here, a classic example. I talked about this briefly earlier in the week. Attorney General Steve Marshall right here in Alabama, a story on 1819 News dated uh, two days ago. Um, he came out pretty strong. So, you know, we have a state law in Alabama against abortion. We even embed it in our Constitution. We have a Supreme Court ruling now in the Dobbs case that says states can indeed make and enforce those laws uh, at the state level as to abortion. There's no constitutional right to an abortion. So what does the Biden administration do? It makes an executive decision to say, well, we're going to go ahead and just make sure that we're able to uh, mail abortion pills to the states, except that conflicts with our state's laws. So now what? Now you've got somebody who may say, well, I heard it was okay because the president said so. Well, the laws of your state say no. And, oh, by the way, the Attorney General Steve Marshall came out, issued a statement on Tuesday of this week in response to the U.S. Department of Justice's opinion that suggests that postal service carriers could, in fact, deliver abortion pills in the state where abortion is illegal, calling the guidance illegal and dangerous. And Marshall's comments were, promoting the remote prescription and administration of abortion pills endangers women and unborn children, and elective abortion, including abortion pills, is illegal in Alabama. So what they're saying there is, if you go online, order your abortion pills from another st state, and they mail it to you, you're putting your mailman in the position of technically having to break state laws to do his job to bring you things you order from a state that didn't have the same laws. Politics is downstream of culture, but sometimes culture and politics create these clashes, and that's where the legalities have to step in and sort it all out. Then the last one I got, and we'll move on when we get back from this break, um, the transgender athlete thing, where is this going to end? I mean, yeah. So the NCAA is taking a stand. Well, just the other day, January 12th, that'd be yesterday, AP reports in San Antonio, former Kentucky swimmer Riley Gaines and two a dozen other uh, former college athletes uh, demonstrated outside of the uh, NCAA's convention. Gaines had to compete against uh, – Penn's Leah Thomas, who became the first transgender to win a national title. She also placed fifth in the 200 freestyle, tying with Gaines. Um, well, they're basically saying, stop the madness. Well, it conflicts with Title IX of federal law. Why are we allowing this? To, and states are passing anti-transgender sports. NCAA is doing its own thing. Meanwhile, you've got Title IX already in federal law, and people are stuck in the middle going, come on, y'all. What the heck? Well, get dudes out of ladies' sports in the first place. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're going to switch gears when we get back. I'm going to the third part of the Triple Dipper. How you like me now? 
remote control. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right 